Well, good morning, Generations Christian Church. So glad that you are here with us today. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, I am joining you online. I want to say hello to our online folks. I'm joining you online from Kona Island in Hawaii today. And a uh, beautiful, beautiful background. And I've got to tell you, I'm not supposed to be here. My heart is breaking because I'm not physically uh, on campus today. That's where I had hoped to be to celebrate Mother's Day with my wife, Jen. But I've got to tell you, something happened to uh, Jen and I about a week and a half ago. We, we flew out here to be a part of a preacher conference with our ministry partner, the Solomon Foundation. So it was going to be about four days full of just being with other pastors we know and sessions and worship and getting getting to be encouraged. And we're real excited about that. And we're going to stay for a couple of days then just do some sightseeing and a little downtime. Now to fly to Hawaii, some of you know some of you know right now exactly where this is going. It happened. You've got to take a COVID test to be, even be able to board your your flight. And so Jen and I did that. Uh, we tested both of his negative, and uh, then that was within 72 hours of getting on a plane. We get on a plane. We landed here on Monday. I want to say like Monday, maybe the 28th or something. And then uh, we, as soon as we got off the airplane that afternoon. Uh, we, we had to get tested immediately before you could even go to luggage and get your luggage. And uh, then that Monday night, we were here. The conference doesn't really start until Wednesday. And so Tuesday, uh, we spent some time just getting ready for the conference. And we got a phone call Tuesday night. The Jennifer had tested positive for COVID as soon as we touched down here in Hawaii. And so the hotel was notified. And they came and took our room keys and told us we had to stay in the room. This was Tuesday, the 29th of April, and uh, they gave both of us another COVID test that next morning and split us into separate rooms. And so uh, we were separated from another. We could not leave our rooms. Uh, they called every two hours for a wellness check to make sure that we were well. And by well, I mean inside the room. Uh, we could not leave the room for anything. No one could bring us anything. Uh, we're just, just in solitary confinement in two separate rooms. And uh, today, on Sunday, I'm still here. I'm, I'm not back yet. Uh, I'll be back very soon. I'm excited to come back. But uh, that's that's what's actually happened to us. Crazy, crazy thing. And I, some of you, you know, like you know what it's like to, to go away or to have something maybe not go exactly the way you wanted it to go. Uh, I think it's about 25 hours of flights, like on an airplane just to get here, to be in a room for around 240 hours uh, is what this actually ended up being. And so uh, I just can't even believe it. I can't, and I, like, I'm not built this way. Uh, I, this is like the worst thing that could possibly happen to me because I like to get out and get going. Uh, but God has had something. And so my prayer in this moment is, is that he will bind us together. And as we get ready to dive into a Mother's Day, we're going to look at one of the greatest, I think, texts for Mother's Day you could possibly look at. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the story of a lady named Hannah. And I, I believe that like, if you were to get a text message or a, a news blurb on your phone right now, and that would be like some information that would be vital about the economy or something that would impact your life, that what we're going to do right now surrounding God's Word, it's that crucial. It's like brand new information that is time sensitive, that is urgent for you 
And God's like, stop everything. You've got to know this. You've got to see this. It's an incredible Mother's Day text for us that is breaking news for you to change your life. And so Jesus, would you come into this room right now? Would you be on this balcony? and Would you separate us from what feels like an island prison to me? Would you bind us together in this room and the online generations community? And would you do something in our lives right now? It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So I told you, 1 Samuel chapter 1, there's this incredible Mother's Day text. And it starts right off, we, we learn a little bit about the family scenario that Hannah has herself in. 1 Samuel 1 verse 1 says, There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zephyr, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham. He had two wives. Some of you are like, whoa, I know, hold on for a moment. He did have two wives. Uh, one was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children. Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. It's, a, it's like a synagogue. It's a temple. It's, it's in a town. The Jews would come to it, uh, a closer one, not the main one in Jerusalem, but one that they could come to, and they would give their sacrifices, they would worship, and they would go as often as they could, specific times throughout the year that they would go up. It says here, verse 4, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Peninnah, and to all her sons and daughters. They would sacrifice this meat. God loves the smell of burning meat. It's recorded all throughout the book of Deuteronomy and Lamentations, and this is, he just loves it. And so the smell of his meat would go up, and it says here, to Hannah, verse 5, he gave a double portion because he loved her. The Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. I want to... I want to gather around that phrase right there in the first few verses of chapter 1, 1 Samuel. It says that year after year, this had been going on. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that right now in this moment, that there is something that the Spirit of God, the living Spirit of God is going to put on your heart, your mind, your, your he's going to put it in front of you right now. That you've been, maybe there's something for year after year that you've had in your life. There's a struggle. There's a trial. There's an obstacle. There's a scenario. There's a situation. There's a pain. There's something that year after year, something you caused, something you didn't cause, something that's happened to you. But there's, for all of us, no doubt for all of us, there's probably something in your life that year after year after year, it's been on you. And you've not been able to shake it. God shows up. God shows up in moments like this. Now, it's true that this man had two wives, and one wife had children. Hannah, the wife that he clearly, he's got a special affection for her. He loves her. She doesn't have children. And, I mean, God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman. Adam and Eve. Not Adam and Eve and Beth. No, it's just Adam and Eve. But because the children of God didn't always trust God and the fathers wanted lots of hands to work the fields and they wanted to make sure that there were lots of people to take on the family name and things of that nature. They would divert from God's plan and take on extra wives. It really was showing that they didn't have enough trust in God. 
And so in this scenario, something has been going on in Hannah's life, but something's been going on in your life too. And the Spirit of God is revealing that to you right now. The Spirit of God is saying, this has been going on in your life a long time. I want you to listen to what happens in Hannah's scenario. Verse 7, it says, When Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her, so she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? What are you doing in your anguish? See, whatever has been going on in your life year after year after year, there's, there's some level of anguish that, that you've been dealing with. Now, for some of us, we have started to medicate, right? We have gotten involved in other things. We've given up on the hope that that thing would ever be fixed or made right or taken care of. And so it, maybe the, the anguish isn't acute, but even now in this moment is God's like, hey, we're going to deal with something that we've dealt with in the past that's been going on year after year after year. And that anguish starts to become a little bit more acute as we think about it, maybe for the first time in a while. What are you doing in your anguish year after year after year? Let's look at what Hannah is doing in her anguish. Verse 9 says, once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, they're at the temple, they're at basically church. Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord, and for all the days of his life, no razor will ever be used on his head. Hannah, in her anguish, she stays faithful to God. I mean, in the depth of her anguish, of what's been going on year after year, she stays. I mean, she doesn't even retaliate towards this kind of sister wife who's coming after her. We know that because her husband seems a little bit unclear of why she's so sad. She had good reason to feel anguish. I mean, she's discouraged, she's bitter, she's down, she has no children. She shares her husband with the woman who ridicules her. Uh, Jen and I have walked through this with dear friends, uh, people that, they, they, friends of ours that have tried to have children, tried to have children, and just, it hasn't happened for a while. It was a struggle for them. And Hannah, in the midst of her anguish, she does the one thing that we all need to do. There's one thing that Hannah does. She cries out to God in prayer. Hannah knows that God is the only way. And God's waiting for us to turn to him in our anguish. Whatever's been going on in your life, time and time and time again, Hannah shows us the way to get through the anguish is to call out to God. Only prayer opens the way for God to work. See, God wants to do amazing miracles in our life. But if we don't open up the door through prayer, and he's sitting around waiting on us. He's like, engage me. Engage me with prayer. So would you do that now? And would you even in the midst of this start to say, okay, God, this thing that I've been in anguish with, that's been on me year after year after year, God, will you do a work in my life? Will you make it right? Will you set it true? And here's what's going to happen. I know this happens. Some of you will get this immediately. 
in the, the midst of your anguish that's been going on year after year after year, you are going to be misunderstood. Like the, that is going to happen. It's like adding injury to insult. And that's exactly what happens to Hannah for a moment. First Samuel 1 verse 12. Here's her misunderstanding. As she kept praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. I mean, basically, here's where Hannah's at. Hannah's gone to church, okay? Hannah is at church and she's crying out at church to God. God, help me in my anguish. God, it's been going on year after year after year. Help me through this. And then church people, and I, it scares me as a pastor to think that we would ever do stuff, but I know this has happened. I mean, God, help us not to do this. But church people then kick people that are hurt. I mean, here's who the most unlovable people are the people who need love the most. When we are at our most unlovable, we need love at that moment the most. And what we normally give one another in those moments are misunderstanding. Well, you're here because you deserve to be here. Or you're here because of your bad decisions. Or we told you not to do this. This is exactly what the church needs to never, ever do. We got to come around people. And here she is crying out to God. And someone's like, hey, are you drunk? Well, Hannah, verse 15, she says, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went away and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. She gets hope. Hannah gets hope in this moment. Now here's what happens. Something's been going on in your life year after year after year. And you're in anguish. And then you, you instigate, you initiate prayer. The, this life-changing tool that God gives us. Where we, we try to usher him into the midst of our problems. Because God knows about our problems. What he's doing, he's, he's waiting for us to initiate him working in our problems and us not trying to figure out our problems, but him doing it. And so he shows up. And when he shows up and she prays and she says, God, deal with this. God, I can't do it. God, you do it. She goes away and her countenance is lifted. I pray that today you have a lifting of your countenance. That you're no longer downcast. But you've got hope and prayer in your moment of anguish, even if you're misunderstood, will lead you in a breakthrough to where you will no longer be downcast. To where you came in here not wanting to deal with an issue like this. You just wanted Mother's Day and you're going to go get mom something to eat. You're going to try to beat everyone else to the restaurant. God's got something bigger for you. Here's what God has for you. He wants you to not be downcast. He wants all your self-medicating to stop. And it's going to happen when you just engage him in prayer and say, God, come on, come on. I've been doing it on my own. Would you do this? Would you rescue me from this? See, God never changes. And what's so awesome about that is because he never changes, if he remembered Hannah, he'll remember you. Here's how God remembers Hannah. Early the next morning they arose, verse 19, and they worshiped before the Lord 
And then they went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. In your year after year after year situation, in your anguish, have you even stopped asking the Lord? Don't stop. Ask the Lord, and the Lord will remember you. They take Samuel. They take Samuel, this boy, and they take him back to the back to the, the priest. They brought the boy to Eli in verse 25 and verse 26. She said to him, pardon me, my Lord. As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord. God will remember you. And Hannah gives her whole life back to God. She gives everything that she wanted was in this boy Samuel. And she gives Samuel back to God. You know, all of this is in this first chapter here. And Samuel, his mother Hannah, Hannah's really not mentioned that much anymore again in scriptures. This someone insignificant, one lady in some small town called Ramah that cries out to God and says, God, God, it's been going on year after year. Meet me in my anguish. And God just does. You know, what's, what's so cool is that Samuel would one day go to a town called Bethlehem looking for a king. I should make, I should make some, uh, maybe, maybe some, some bells go off. You're like, wait a minute, Bethlehem. I know there was a king born in Bethlehem. Well, King David was born in Bethlehem, but Jesus was also born in Bethlehem. See, when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, he's born in the city of kings because David was born in Bethlehem. And Samuel would go and anoint David king. And from the line of kings, Jesus would be born a real king that would die and give his life for us. See, the good news, the gospel is this. That while we were sinners, Jesus died for us on a cross. He was born into the city of Bethlehem. He was born a rightful king, king of the Jews. But he made himself available to anyone that would say, I believe that you're the son of God. Anyone that would confess their sins and repent of their sins and stand before people and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and be obedient to baptism. Jesus would say this, you will be with me forever in paradise. I don't know what anguish you're going through, but I know this. If you cry out to Jesus, Jesus will hear you. Jesus will rescue you. Jesus will change your life. Jesus will rock your world. Jesus will take the thing that you've been going through over and over again, year after year. And even if you're misunderstood, he understands and he will find you in your moment of anguish and he will do this. He will deliver you fully. He delivered Hannah. He'll deliver you. We hear from Hannah though in the next chapter. I want to close with this. All across the room, Man, even if you're at home, I, I double dog dare you. I'm on this, I'm on this veranda out here, this patio like Daniel and Babylon preaching like a crazy man. 
hear people down on the beach having fun, would you stand? Would you stand where you are right now? If you're home online, if you're in this room, go ahead and stand up. Okay. We're going we're gonna to be led into worship by Hannah's prayer. Chapter 1 of 1 Samuel. That is Hannah's story. God knows your story. Chapter 2 is Hannah's prayer. I mean, as, as God comes and is redemptive in Hannah's life, she has this prayer. And what we want to have happen right now to this day is now that we know Hannah's story, when we hear her prayer, oh man, it's incredible. Because she starts to understand God and even Jesus in a way that maybe you need to understand. You need to hear the words of this prayer and remember or hear for the first time who he is that wants to do a work in your life because he is this. He is good. His grace is good. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. For I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not, keep, do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of warriors are broken, but those who stumbled, they're armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she who has many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. The Lord, he brings down to the grave and he raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth, humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit the throne of honor. For the foundation of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed church. Let's worship our good, good, 